Episode 21 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by the Tag Your It Etsy shop. From Outlander-inspired necklaces and rings to custom designs for birthdays, Mother's Day, or any occasion, every piece is created by Dawn, one letter at a time, and it's one of a kind. Please take the time to visit Dawn at www.tagyourit.biz. That's B-I-Z. Tell her Mary and Blake sent you, and use the coupon code OUTLANDERCAST for 15% off your purchase. As always, tag your mama, tag your pet, tag your it, whatever it is. People disappear all the time. Most are found, eventually. Disappearances, after all, have explanations. Usually. with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Welcome to a very special episode of Outlander Cast. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I feel like a newbie. A newbie? I feel like a total noob. Tell me, we're in episode 21 <laughs> of Outlander Cast. Why are you a newbie? Well, we had the ladies from My Outlander Purgatory on for this episode. Ah, uh, yes. And it, they're, they're awesome. They're amazing. But I just... When we were speaking to them, it made me realize that I... You're a Padawan in I, this universe. I'm not even a Padawan. I'm like, I'm like a spermling, you know? Like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a, I really have no idea what's happening in this universe. And it, it actually feels good. It feels good, good to not know. Well, and, that's part of you being, of course, a non-book reader. Well, exactly. That's the idea behind it. But still, speaking to these ladies, the, the love and the passion they have for, for Outlander and... You know, it was really funny when we got a chance to speak with them. I realized we actually, you know, their blog and our podcast kind of have the same sense of humor and the same witty repartee, if you will. Um, where I mean, we're not the Gilmore Girls. I mean, come on, let's let's, let's not go crazy here. We're not that witty, but you know, it, we we have the same kind of interests, and uh, it was it was a really great organic conversation uh, to speak with them. About all things Outlander, and we we wanted to have them on specifically because of this reason. I thought we matched well, our ideas matched well, and we got a chance to speak about the New York premiere. We got a chance to speak about the differences between the book and the show, and we didn't go crazy because, again, we are indeed podcasting about television show, but it's good to get perspective every once in a while, I suppose. And then we also got their ideas on the first three episodes and maybe what they feel like might be coming. So it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed having them on. I did too. Well, you know what? We should let everybody in on this conversation because it is so, so fun. What do you say, kid? We bring them in. Want to do it? Sounds great. All right, let's do it. Joining us today are Tracy and Carol. 
founders of My Outlander Purgatory, one of the original Outlander blogs online. For over five years, they have written, vlogged, created the widely known phenomenon of Pocket Jamie, met Diana Gabaldon numerous times, been featured in many Outlander events, and they continue to entertain thousands of Outlander fans with their witty banter and evergreen love of Outlander. Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on OutlanderCast today. And for any of our listeners who don't know you, because a lot of our listeners actually are brand new to the Outlander series, just like Blake, where they have not read the books, they just started when the show started, maybe they've even started late, you know, maybe they heard about it in Droughtlander. So there are some people who still may not know who you two fantastic women are so can you give us a little bit of insight about who you are i was gonna say i I don't know how that's possible because you guys are far more popular than we are (laughs) well um we have been around for oh i don't know maybe five and a half years um i guess uh i was the first one to read the books um you know we read the books i think during a summer where People were delving through a lot of various book series and, you know, whether it was like um, Sookie Stackhouse or Twilight or, you know, whatever. There were just, there seemed to be a lot of series going on. So both Carol and I were reading things and looking for kind of the next best thing. And a friend of mine, my friend Emily, who we call my Outlander uh, mentor, because she really started it all, um, was like, you haven't read, Out- you haven't read Outlander? You got to read this. I mean, you're not going to believe this. Jamie Fraser is like the best thing ever and you are going to love this book. So then I was like, all right, you know, I'll give it a try, whatever. And the book sat on my nightstand for about three months. Um, I was kind of like time travel, science fiction. (laughs) Eventually about three months, you know, later I picked it up. I started reading. Um, As book readers know, the first 50 pages is really hard to get through. Uh, but it pushed through. I don't know if I'd say it's really hard. Oh, it, it's, you know, I always say it's like, it's like a, a Noel Coward play where it's like, oh, Claire, fancy a brandy on the terrace. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Tracy, why do you think it's not so hard to get through? Did, did it, did it, uh, did it capture you right away? It just, no, it didn't, it didn't really grab me out. Um, I mean, Carol, I think you were kind of the same way, weren't you? No, no, it grabbed me because you basically told me that you would strangle me if it didn't. <laughs> um, But also, I also already had an obsession with Scotland. So the minute I started reading, I mean, I can't say, oh, I was just hooked on page two, but I liked it right out of the gate. Um, Yeah, I found it a little hard for the first 50 pages. uh, But, you know, once we go back in time um, for the next couple, you know, 100 pages, it was it was interesting. There was a lot of really interesting details. Um, all of the characters were really intriguing um, and, uh, you know, kept going. And then, like, long about where they hit the road, that's pretty much where you're like, okay, I don't think I can put this book down anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you. And I was on vacation, actually, and, like, my poor husband probably wanted to kill me because I wouldn't put the book away. I just, like, drove around Puerto Rico for three days, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> What was the one thing that captured both of you guys? Uh, you know, what, what was that one page where you said, oh, God, I love this, and I'm never putting it down again? This is embarrassing. Come on. Let's go. Give it out. Tracy, should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to be totally honest with you. When Claire said, doesn't it bother you that I was married? And, and 
Jamie says, as long as it doesn't bother you that I'm, I mean, I mean that I've had sex before, whatever she says. And he says, doesn't it, as long as it doesn't bother you that I haven't or whatever he says. And I just went, you've got to be kidding me. This guy's a virgin. I am in, I am so in. <laughs> um, that was probably, yeah, that was probably about mine too. Like I really, I really did start to really get into it when they got on the road. But as soon as this whole wedding thing came down, um, and the fact that Jamie's a virgin and this whole, I mean, the struggle, I mean, you know, Claire has a huge ethical struggle here and what is she to do? And it was somehow in the midst of all of it, really believable that this, you know, I think that they, they treated it in the book that, um, you know, the position she found herself in was not out of the realm of possibility. And, um, from that point on, from the wedding on, you know, I was just hooked. And then, I mean, I'm not going to talk about, like, you know, what ensues, really, um, except for what we know already. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, we do know about the witch trial and um, uh, what happens at the Stones when Jamie takes Claire back to the Stones. And that was just, I mean, it was amazing reading. And it only gets better from here, Blake. <laughs> I was just going to say thank you for <laughs> thank you for sparing me these spoilers. I, I I'm so glad you guys <laughs> were we're, do, were able to do that for me. I, I, you know, it's it's. I was saying to a friend earlier, it, not reading the book and just watching it as a TV show, it's almost freeing in a way uh, because I don't have those preconceived notions. I don't have that shade that I've already thrown on one of the characters, not knowing that I'm going to absolutely hate that pig-nosed little Leary. Like, oh my god, I can't stand her now. But, you know, for the first few episodes, like, hey, what's what's the wrong, what's wrong with this girl? Like, she, right. she ain't that bad. What are we talking about? Why does everybody just want to kill her left and right? And, and now I see why, you know? Um, but my question to you is, I mean, you guys have this real love of Jamie. And, I, you know, you may or may not know, I am a huge Frank supporter. Like, I am totally team Frank, and uh, I, I can't help it. What about Jamie just gets you guys going? Like, what what is Jamie to you? Jamie is human to me. He's He's not, he's not the perfect character. And, I mean, if there's anything, you know, this is sort of like, skipping around a little bit, but if there's, if there's anything with the TV show, Jamie, that I wish they would pull back on just a hair or that I worry about occasionally, it's that, is he being set up to be too perfect? You know, um, the, the, the Jamie that I think we love is flawed and he, and that gives him a lot of levels and it makes him really interesting. Um, I don't know, Carol, what about you? Would you agree? Mine is a little bit more simple. I would just say he is the epitome of, this is the most boring word on the planet, but good. He is just good. He is true. He has so much integrity and loyalty to Claire and even the Mackenzies. And he's just the epitome of good. And I I will tell anybody, I was just saying it last night in, in mop chat, that I get myself upset when anything bad happens to Jamie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why. And sometimes you see these like childlike qualities to him, but then other times you see these warrior qualities or, you know, other times manly qualities, <laughs> whatever you want to say. But he's just, to me, he is just the epitome of goodness. I do. I love that. Like that he, you know, at, at heart and oh, so many times 
I think both in reading the book and watching the show, you forget that he's like, he's like a 23 year old. He's a 23 year old dude, you know? Um, and a lot of times you completely overlook that, but then he'll say something or there'll be a look in his eye or like maybe a sense of not naivety, but like, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. I mean, he's been around the block in a lot, lot of ways, but in a lot of life ways, he really hasn't, you know, and that one, that's what makes him interesting too. I'm going to echo everything you ladies say. <laughs> you know, I, I was telling Blake, Blake, of course, was Team Frank up until just this past episode. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm still Team Frank. Oh, I, oh, I love Team. Uh, I'm totally Team Frank. Oh, but, you said you were on the Jamie train. But I'm no longer considering Jamie Justin Bieber anymore. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. And, and let oh, me tell boy. you, ladies. The, the vitriol that was spouted or spurt my way after I called him Justin Bieber. Oh man, I got a lot of hate mail on that one. But you know, but for me at the time, I think I said it around episode four or five. He just didn't understand. I didn't get it. I, I like Jamie was great. He was good looking. He had this accent. Sure, I mean, I mean, the guy hasn't eaten a cupcake in about two day, uh, two years. I get it. But at the time, I just didn't see why everybody was up in such a frenzy over him like he was he was good i liked him as a character he's to me he was a little flat but okay fine you really love him and the same thing i I always said that it was justin bieber like all these little girls were freaked out over him and i i don't understand his music i don't understand him and i I didn't get it so but yeah no i'm no longer considering him justin bieber i think that that's part of diana gabaldon and kind of how smart she was in setting up the whole book. And really they've, they've followed this thread through the series is that when you start reading the book, I don't think it's a spoiler or anything that like Jamie's kind of, I mean, he's, he's certainly one of the major characters, but he's not, he's not Jamie at that point. Mm -hmm. He's the kid in the corner. Yeah. He's like, you know, one of the guy, one of the clans guys that Claire sees. And if, if anything, you know, there's more, there's more focus on Dougal and Colm and their, you know, that, that, the struggle there. And Jamie, as I always, I always say, like, he's sort of treated as the nice young lad, you know, <laughs> oh, look at the little lad. He's so friendly. Da, 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 da. And so I think around this time in the book as well is really when you start to see, well, no, he really is something special. So, Blake, you're kind of falling into the trap that a lot of people do. <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> no, it's perfectly I'll, I'll tell, normal. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's perfectly normal. Oh, thank you very much. No, I'll, I'll tell you. I I finally really fell for Jamie, and I feel odd saying that, but I really did uh, when he had that conversation with Claire after uh, he said to her, after she said to him that she's from the future, and he's like, "Okay, all right, we're gonna go forward then." And uh, tell me more. I want to understand. And he he said that there was a trust between them. And all he asked for was honesty. And I couldn't get over that. I I, I find that to be the most pivotal aspect of any marriage. Honesty. No matter how bad it is. In the last podcast, I, I compared it to when we were watching Breaking Bad. And Mary asked me, hey, would you tell me if you were dealing meth? And I was like, yeah, I probably would. <laughs> so uh, it's the same exact thing. No matter how bad it is, got to be able to talk to somebody or talk to your husband or your wife and tell them exactly what's happening. And, and that's when I, I really fell for Jamie because he embodied a characteristic that I felt I really try to embody. And I, I liked that. I liked it a lot. It, he's, he's a cool guy now. I can get behind that. You felt that. like he was your boy after this episode. Yeah, I got he's my you. homie. Okay. <laughs> 
Homie <laughs> plays that. I can do that. Oh my goodness! It is too it's, much. It's interesting to me though that you are Team Frank because I'm not. I'm not a Frank hater by any means, and I know Carol, especially with TV Frank, is a big TV Frank fan. Boy, TV Frank has <laughs> changed my mind. I agree. <laughs> it, I mean, I blogged away. I mean, what are we talking? Five years ago, when I was reading it, I mean, holy cow! I was mean to Frank. And and Tobias Menzies is so amazing that I have just completely done. Well, I can't just give it to Tobias Menzies. I mean, the writing, they, as Ron Moore said, they really had to make you understand why Claire wanted to get back to Frank so badly. So it's just changed my mind. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I completely agree. I, that's what I told Blake. I said, while you're reading it, you keep it on the back burner. Oh, yeah, she's married to some guy named Frank. But <laughs> yeah, I don't even not, care. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're too busy thinking about how beautiful Scotland is and Jamie. Right. And this show has really opened your eyes to understand the pain that she's gone through having to make these decisions. But I am so happy she made the choice that she did. <laughs> <laughs> and so are we all. Um, so kind of veering back to My Outlander Purgatory, what is it that you want to accomplish? You know, kind of what's the whole point of My Outlander Purgatory with between you two? Well, My Outlander Purgatory um, was really just Tracy started reading and told me, you have to read, you have to read. She was probably 150 pages ahead of me. I started reading and needed to talk about the books, and it's not enough to talk about it, you know, with Tracy and I on the phone, you know, whatever. And she was working during the day, and I was home with young children, and it just was an outlet for me. So I started My Outlander Purgatory, and it was just this blog, and I would just read and blog and read and blog, and it got to the point where I would read with the book, like the laptop in my lap and holding the book. And I would put the book down because I would have to get it out while it was happening. I would say, Oh, this did not just happen. And I would just put the book down and type it all out and then go back to the book. I was pretty crazed for a while while I was reading the book. So that's really what started it and what it really, I didn't really have a motivation other than I've got to talk about this right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I suppose it's, you know, it helps from drive, you don't drive your friends insane and your family because you're not constantly calling them. I agree. I mean, that's part of the thing between Blake and I with this podcast that we find, you know, at least other Outlander fans and people who love the series, they can talk with you because otherwise I'd be talking to my dad who, (laughs) I mean, he's Scottish, but aside from that, he doesn't really understand the show. And if he had to listen to me talk about it this much, he would, he'd be very sick of me. So (laughs) how did, how did it evolve? You know, you started off, as you said, as this blog, putting it out into the nether, nether world, you know, if anyone reads it, great. You know, I'm just, I need to get it off my chest. How did it then grow to something else? Um, I have to give Tracy the credit for the videos because Tracy, um, I would blog and we would, I had comments on the blog. And then as it went on, I started making playlists and I put them up. But it was Tracy who made a video of, Tracy, what were you reading? (laughs) I know exactly. Well, we, before that, we did start, I, I think I was getting into Twitter at the time. And I was like, oh, all right, well, let's make a Twitter page for this too. So, you know, we started that and had a little bit of traction. But the reason I made a video was I was so tired of typing my reactions to Carol (laughs) and typing these big, long emails to Carol about, you know, this or that or whatever that I was like, oh, my fingers are tired. You know what? I'm going to, like, make a video instead. So I made this, like, two or three minute long video. I I think I was starting Fiery Cross, Carol. 
Okay, right, right, right. Um, it was just still up on the internet or on YouTube somewhere, and uh, it's really scary to look at because I think I like was in my pajamas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just a, this two-minute-long thing of like, you know, I'm really scared. I'm going to read the first page. Okay, here's what I think. Da, 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 da. Um, and so I didn't even think anything of it. And Carol watched it, and she's like, "Yeah, this was really great. You know, we should. You know, that was fun." And then, like, other people watch it. I don't, I think I probably, like, didn't even set it on private or something. I just, like, you know, mistakenly. And I was like, I cannot believe that other people, that this is being watched by other people. This is amazing <laughs> that people really want to talk about it. And um, I think we just kind of, from that, had the idea, like, well, let's just talk about ourselves. Let's just talk about, like, you know, Breath of Snow and Ashes, I guess, was, like, the next book or whatever. Um, I don't even remember, Carol, what, like, made us, we probably had gotten together at something and just were like, oh, this would be, this would be a hoot, let's do it. And, um, that's kind of what happened, you know, between, I think, the blog and Twitter and then Facebook and the videos, it just started getting a lot more traction. Also, the other thing was, at that time, you know, maybe five years ago, the Outlanderverse was a way, way smaller place than it was now. And there really weren't that many sites um, focused exclusively on Outlander. There was, you know, Outlander's Observations, which Karen Henry does, and the CompuServe area, and maybe one or two other things, Ladies of Lollybrock. But it was it was just a much smaller pond, too. So I think that helped us get a lot of traction. Talk to me a little bit about the different types of people who interact with you, you know, the people who interact on the blog, for example, versus the people who watch the videos. I mean, you guys are pretty diverse since you're on, not only that, but then on Facebook and on Twitter. So what do you kind of find the people to be like on these different mediums? Hmm. That's a very good question. That is a good question. (laughs) Um, I mean, honestly, to a certain degree, I don't notice huge amounts of differences because everybody to a person is so well-spoken and so passionate about the book or the, and or the show, you know, whichever they happen to be experiencing. Um, I mean, you know, if, if anything, the differences come, we've, we've gotten to meet a lot of people that, um, have interacted on the blog and the, um, and the, and Twitter and the, and the videos and whatnot. I guess what strikes me the most is just how wide ranging, you know, a lot of the people are, have very different backgrounds. They are from different areas, sometimes different areas of the world. Um, and yet they all have this kind of shared passion for this book, for this series and this TV series and want to talk about it um, in a really uh, uh, intense, um, detailed sort of way. Right. And I will also add that we do have one common thread with um, people who read the blog and come to chat and post on Facebook and Twitter. There, uh, Many people have, a, I would say, a sense of humor because um, – you know, we're not for everyone. We're, we're Tracy, what was the comment that you used to use? Uh, we um, used to say something along the lines of like, we're all things outlander seen through a pop culture lens. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, so we're very, we're, we love the books. I mean, like anybody who like interacts with us at all knows that, but we can be a little, 
I don't even want to say, I don't think snarky is the right word. It's no, God, right no, word. we are not snarky. We're not snarky. <laughs> um, but, you know, we don't, we don't take everything incredibly seriously. Right. We realize that it's fiction. And um, even though it's historical fiction, it's fiction. And we can, you know, be lighthearted about things and crack jokes about things. I mean, heck, Diana Gabaldon's got an amazing sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So I think early on when she, um, you know, was told about the blog, she really, like, she she called us. What is she? I think I have it on the blog. She thought we were funny, you know, and, and she liked that. So we just, we don't try to be funny. We don't try to be, we just sit and banter. And if anything, you know... I think with the videos and with my blog posts um, and Tracy's tweets, we really just try and be almost like your your friends and neighbors that you sit around the table with and have a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and dish about Outlander. And mm-hmm. so it's sort of that kind of feel, and I think that's one common thread. But we also have people who come to chat. We do have a lot of regulars um, who come to chat every week. We and, should mention uh, that we have um, – My Outlander Purgatory has a weekly chat – at uh, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time on our site. Yes, yeah, so we've had for like five years, probably. What yeah. exactly happens at this chat for people who've never been a part of a chat? We just talk about all things Outlander. Um, when the show first started, we had to put up um, time. We would put up a schedule. We're very free and easy. Just come at nine. We, it's usually lasts about an hour. We just chat about Outlander. But um, when the show first started, because there were so many new fans and people who didn't hadn't read all the books. We started doing like 9 to 9.30 for newer fans with no spoilers. But now that the show's been out for a while, it's sort of like we just kind of have gone back to – I would say it's still like that. We usually discuss the episodes um, during chat. We don't usually go into too far in the future, but it, things do come up. So we'll try and give a spoiler warning and say, I'm about to talk about A Breath of Snow and Ashes for a minute, so – don't look at your screen or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you guys already mentioned the this boom of fandom. I mean, we're, we're I'm part of it. Oh uh, boy! And obviously, and and our our podcast is part of that boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't exposed to Outlander until Mary said, "Hey, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> <laughs> great." Um, Talk to me about the differences between the fans that were, you know, you talked about this really small niche community prior to the show. And then, like, again, this boom. What are the differences that you're seeing between the fans, uh, if any at all? Um, One thing, and then, Tracy, if you want to jump in, I will say, like, Tracy said the word snarky. And if you noticed, I jumped right in and said, oh, we are not snarky. (laughs) But there are some sites out there that are snarky. There are some sites out there that might not be only Outlander that, you know what I mean? So they sort of see it from a different perspective, the way Tracy and I might bust about Game of Thrones or, you know, at one of the shows that we watch, Um, you know, so it's a lot more the people who have been around for a long time are very intense to the point where, as I said, there are some people who Tracy and I are not their cup of tea because we're not all that. We can be intense. We can be super intense, but for the most part, we're. You know, we just like to discuss and whatever. But right. now I think there are so many. There are just – the boom was fascinating and terrifying to watch because all of the sudden it was just so many Outlander sites. And it's thrilling. I'm thrilled as an Outlander fan to have so many sites out there dedicated to the show and the books and Dinah Gabaldon. And it's amazing. But 
Um, I don't know, Tracy, if you want to jump in there. Uh, I mean, what, you know, I think, I think the biggest difference that I feel is the focus is on the show and not the books. Right, right, right. right. Um, you know, to the, to the point where I, I bet you that there are like, I don't, I don't know what statistic I might use, like one out of a hundred, one of, one out of 500 people who, like, wouldn't know who Diana Gobbledone is. <laughs> They're like, I love Outlander. It's my favorite show. Who's she? <laughs> and the rest of us are, like, knifing. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest difference by far, is that the focus is really, really on, I mean, not even so much the, not even so much the show in that it's only Outlander the book, but just you know, the, the actors in the show and the production team in the show and um, Scotland and this, the locations and the sets and whatnot. Um, and I think I think once in a while, Carol, Carol, Carol and I are both like, we kind of just miss the book sometimes. Um, much as we love the show, um, I mean, I'm sort of, I'm sitting here talking, looking across the room at my bookshelf with all of my Outlander books stacked so neatly and I'm like, I have to do a reread. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's it's great to see like how exponentially everything has evolved, and um, you know, because for all the new people that come on board, that's a, that's all different perspectives, all new perspectives. Um, you know, I was listening to to your to your last podcast right before we started this one, and um, I. Don't remember, I think it was something that a caller had said about, um, about Jamie believing Claire, you know, like totally wholeheartedly believing Claire that I had never thought of before. And I was like, oh, you know, that makes total sense to me. So even five years later, thanks to all the people who have joined on, to this universe, I'm like discovering new things about these books, which mm-hmm. is just really cool. Do you find yourself listening to podcasts about the show? I mean, outside of what you do, uh, do you, just to take in more Outlander, or do you specifically say, no, no, we're going to stick to our gig <laughs> and we're going to make sure that we have our own theories and our own ideas and, um, and, and we're going to have our own voice. I have to jump in and say, I don't do all that much <clears throat> Outlander stuff when I'm not doing the video with Tracy or the chatting or the blogging and blah, 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 because we do so much Outlander. And it's not so that I um, stick to our own stuff. It's so that I don't get like overwhelmed and I don't want to say sick of Outlander. How could you ever get sick of Outlander? But it really does. I'm sure as you guys know, it becomes overwhelming sometimes. So I sort of do what I do and... (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't really, I think five years ago when I was reading the books and uh, absolutely beyond obsessed, I think I might've done it a little bit more then. How about you, Tracy? Um, I do, I definitely do a little more than you do. Yeah. Um, especially in terms of like, you know, podcasts and things like that. I think it's more just because I tend to listen to more podcasts than like, I don't think you listen. I don't think you, you're, you don't. Like, do you even have the podcast app on your phone, Carol? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't. But I do have the Disney radio channel on Sirius in my car. Yeah, when you have I mean, two, like, when you, you have know, two kids ages ten and twelve, that's when it becomes difficult. <laughs> God, you're so cool. <laughs> you know, if I'm in the car or I'm, you know, getting ready for work or whatever, or or working out or whatever. 
I'm likely to be listening to a podcast anyway. So yes, I do um, listen. You know, I like you guys. I'll under podcast Ginger and Summer are great. Um, Scott and Sasanak, of course, with Alistair and Lonnie. Um, you know, but I have to say too, like I'm so far behind in all of them. It's not even funny because I do like other a couple other you know pop culture podcasts as well. Um, so I just, I, I have to catch up. That's what the off season is for, but I will, I'll get through everything eventually. There's <laughs> yeah. just, but Carol's right. There's so much content out there that it's really easy to get overwhelmed. Even if you don't do a podcast or a video cast or whatever, um, you know, it'd be interesting to talk to the average outlander interviewer and be like, how do you make the choices of, of what you listen to or what you watch? Or, and do you ever just want to turn it off sometime? <laughs> <laughs> you need an outlander timeout. I agree. It's, it's tough, especially when you are so immersed in the world. It, it can take over your life quite easily. So we understand with you guys because it's like, you know, you, ha- you have the day that the show comes out, then you need to record and you can only take in so much because you're already, you're interacting every single day anyway with people. So it's, right. it can be a lot, but it is still very exciting. So speaking about exciting, you had just mentioned it recently a couple of times. You have been able to meet Miss Diana. Tell us yes. about these experiences and what it's mm-hmm. been like. How did it happen? Like, how, how did you get a chance to get together with her and all that good stuff? Oh, this is a good story, actually. Um, <laughs> this the, the first time we met her, we had already started to put on a couple of videos. And again, like, you know, going back to what we said before, nobody was doing this at the time. Like, you know, very rarely were people actually talking about the books on YouTube. Right, um, right. A lot of people made like little Claire and Jamie, like, you know, like um, trailers or things like that. But there wasn't a whole lot of just like sitting around, you know, chatting. Yeah. About- right. um, so we had plans to go to New York Comic Con where Diana was going to appear because she was promoting um, The Exile, which is um, a graphic novel version of the first half of Outlander told from Jamie's point of view. Which was at the number one spot at the time. Right, right, right. On the New York York Times bestseller list for um, graphic novels. And you know, you know who I have to give props to for this is Karen Henry, who is, she, she does the Outlandish Observations blog and she also moderates Diana's um, area on the CompuServe. um, Books and um, Writers Community. And so we were at the time, um, we had just gotten started to get to know Karen a little bit and, um, you know, we were on the CompuServe site a little bit, not much, but Diana sort of became aware of us. And, um, the day we were going to Comic-Con, I think I saw her on Twitter and I said, yeah, you know, we can't wait for your presentation or whatever. And I get a tweet from her. She's like, oh yeah. Um, I hope you don't mind if we like play some of your video at this, at this panel. And that was the very first video, Tracy, wasn't it? Um, it was one of the earliest ones. It it was the one where we were doing a reaction video. It was the first time because you didn't, we didn't even have, um, split screen at that point. It was all me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like little in the corner. Oh yeah. 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 It was, it was the reaction of exile for the exile for just looking at. Right. Um, so we go to the, so we go to the Comic-Con panel and there's like a million people there at the convention center. Huge. So that was the first time that we, you know, had ever even seen her. And yeah, you know, she does her whole, her whole spiel. And then they play this video of the two of us. Oh my God, it was me. 
Um, but we, we then ended up really meeting her later on. She, um, a bunch of people got together at St. Andrews, which is a restaurant in New York City. It's a Scottish restaurant. And she came to dinner. And um, so she we actually husband. met her. She and her. Well, her husband was out there the next time. It, it, um, oh, he was there that time? Oh, maybe he was. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. it's on video of me going, there's my friend Doug over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so she was great. And we've probably met her about five times since then. Um, never anything really extensive or, you know, we would love to have dinner with just her one day. But, yeah. um, um, but she's always been absolutely lovely. Um, she got she, something that Carol blogged about, um, a town called Paoli where we grew up. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to really say yeah. <laughs> anything about it, but, um, suffice to say that that town ended up Tracy, with us. Tracy, what? I don't, I don't think we want to go there. What? I don't think we want to talk about that. Cause that's like, you know, future stuff. She happened well, to, she happened to mention something and, and gave us a, a, a yeah, nice... Well, you can cut it out if you want, but the, we're in the acknowledgments of um, her latest book. So, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I think Blake, that's a pretty Blake, deal. I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm trying to save you. <laughs> I, like, I caught it right away. Listening. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm like, you can't talk about Your this. virgin yeah. ears. <laughs> I know. Suffice to say that, um, yeah, we're, we were acknowledged in her last book. So, so she's... she's I think gracious and lovely are the two words I would use. And, you know, smart as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you guys getting in the book. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I wish I could be in a book. <laughs> I will tell you about it someday when we're, when we're at a few future seasons far, far from here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, speaking of New York, we, we had the chance uh, to meet in New York at the uh, latest premiere. Mm-hmm. And I was very pleased at that. So. Okay. Uh, Tell me, tell me your experience. I mean, obviously, I, I have my experience too, but I, I want to get it from your perspective first. What what you thought of it, and uh, how long it took you to get there, and, and the whole idea behind it, and were you happy with the experience that you had? I I, I was really happy, Carol. Were you happy? Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, I think every single time we get to do something, it has really evolved. And starting out with the like Tracy's talking about PC Expo, but every single time we do something, it's bigger and bigger and bigger. And that definitely was the biggest thing. The most thrilling thing we've done so far to date when it comes to Outlander. We were really happy because, you know, we've, we've been asked to do um, a couple of, like we've been invited to, you know, some of the things in Los Angeles. um, And, uh, you know, it never works out for whatever reason, mostly because we're on the East Coast and Los Angeles is on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really, it was great when this kind of a thing was happening um, in New York. And so we, yeah, we just basically like sent a request in and um, they were kind enough to grant it. Um, that oh, was you mean the, for, for the for the red carpet? The we red got, carpet. The, yeah, we yeah, got, yeah. they contacted us. They contacted a bunch of blogs and stuff, so they contacted us first with, you know, asking if we would like to attend and with the invite and everything. But then Tracy contacted them regarding the um, the red carpet stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, we had – I'm trying to think. We, we The last time they did a New York, they did a New York premiere, I guess, of the first, um, first, the, the first episode. And – there wasn't really, I mean, there was a red carpet, but it was kind of like a hidden one. 
Oh, um, yeah, it was in another room. And we yeah. were standing there peering into the door going, oh, how do we get in there? <laughs> um, and we did we did get to meet. I mean, I wouldn't even call it meeting Sam really briefly um, at that, you know, but we were just sort of in in the crowd, in amongst the crowd and just elbowed, elbowed our way. <laughs> right. Oh, God, um, we were groupies. Yeah. <laughs> so, so but it he did meet nice. Pocket Jamie, if you recall. He did meet Pocket Jamie. That's right. Yeah, it was basically like, here's where we were to Sam the first time. It was like, here, hold this doll and turn around and smile. <laughs> oh, we were like corralled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like a tuna can where we were uh, in, in the in the red carpet. Like here I am, I'm six four, all of two hundred and twenty five pounds, and uh, I'm stuck in between all of these people, and, and I couldn't even move. I didn't even know what to do. And uh, but you you guys were great. You're like just flag everybody down. You're big enough to do it. So <laughs> yeah, we're that was great. great. And I think we all tag team really well. Our end of the carpet was the party end. Oh yeah, that was where they you know they saved the best for last. Cause we were <laughs> the very end. Everyone was looking forward to speaking to us. I mean, Meryl Davis was, spoke to us. We had mm-hmm. the CEO of Stars uh, talk to us. And I couldn't believe the amount of time that, you know, Sam and Kat and Tobias, they actually spent a lot of time with us. You would think that they would be done by the end. Because for the people that are listening right now, we were literally at the at the very exact end mm-hmm. of the red carpet. Like it was me and then the door. You know, and and you figured ah oh, these guys would be done. They don't want to talk to a bunch of blogs and a jabroni podcast, you know, with this big goofy guy looking at me. Uh, but they did, and I, I was really genuinely surprised by the amount of graciousness that they had towards us. It, it's almost like they appreciated what we were trying to do. I yeah. Oh, so. absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that we got as much from them as um. As you know, Access Hollywood did, or or USA Today, or whatever. And I think that's what we tried to do a little bit too with um, with that event. Was you know, I'm sure they've heard the same questions like 10 million times. So we really did try to kind of kind of go with our quote unquote mission statement and make it a little more fun and a little more humorous and ask questions that maybe were a little more goofy, but still got at the heart of. Um, their characters or what's going on in this in the show or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. Tracy, I didn't even see them as goofy as much as interest. We tried to have interesting questions for the actors and for everybody there so that they weren't answering the same old question over and over again. And I understand why people ask these questions over and over again, you know, whether they're new to the books or new to the show or what. But you know, we just we just wanted them to have fun with us, I think, is pretty much. I I don't know. I think that we asked Graham and Gary basically to give us sibling rivalry advice because we had already had four fights on the red carpet at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. It was only three. <laughs> what, what was your favorite sighting? Uh, well, at least who was your favorite sighting at, at that premiere event? Outlander related or not Outlander related? Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, aside from me, obviously. If we're being honest. Yes, uh, be honest. Carol, are we thinking of the same person? Yes, that's I didn't <laughs> say either. Um, it's I mean, it was great to to meet all the all the Outlander people, but I have to say that um, an actress named Tova Felshu was there. Oh yes. Um, and I don't watch The Walking Dead, Carol. You do, and and you I had know just that. seen finale three days prior so i was just yeah floored and blake i know you spoke with her as well right that's right i, I was bugging out when i saw her <laughs> and she, 
I asked her she, about the finale, and it was she. She spent a lot of time talking to us, like because she was just walking by. Nobody was really paying attention to her, and I was really surprised by that because here this this is lady in, in the most popular show oh, on God. all of cable television, and everyone's ignoring her. You got to be kidding me! I, I was in shock. I absolutely, I was like, "You got to be kidding me, people! Do you know who she is?" I know she's. I mean, she's been. She's like a stage actress too, and you know, I've seen her and stuff, and like. Uh, we we just fangirled like there was nobody's business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we held it together for the Outlander cast and whatever. And to be to be honest, like I really I I didn't want to fangirl or fan you know yeah. any yeah. of them because essentially we were we were working. You know, this is kind of I mean it's totally fun, but like it there's a responsibility involved with it as well to like to bring everybody you know whatever information we can and make people feel like they are a part of this whole. Um, experience, but the Toba Falshi thing was like, yeah, um, I'm just going to squeal, like, you know, <laughs> squeal, you know, from this end to that end. I had the same experience because uh, when Tobias started walking up, sauntering up to, to me, I, uh, my heart was pounding because I, I really like him as an actor. And I, and I, I think I surprised him because I told him I hated his character in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he heard you when I jumped on it and said he was conflicted. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I just jumped Blake's train. I feel horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, hey, you know what happened? We were all excited. It's what happens. And, and Rome we does that to people. It was such, oh. it was such a great show. Um, don't you think Rome was the first? I really think Rome paved the way for the out. Lander and so many of these shows. Today. Oh yeah, yeah. It was that that big epic swords and sandals kind of yeah. story uh, that that actually, yeah, you're right. It, it laid the foundation for a show like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is not possible without Rome. Without Rome, exactly. Oh, great statement. Thank you. I, that's why they pay me the big bucks. I'm <laughs> telling you, that was very profound and true. Um, so, but you know, with with all, all that in mind, with with the the premiere in mind, uh, what are your thoughts? on the latest episodes what what are you guys thinking how is the season progressing so far at least in in the lens of the tv show i i think it's i think it's an amazing adaptation i think it's i think it's everything we could have hoped for you know i mean i have my own personal like you know oh i wish they'd done this or i don't really love that they did that but like overall i mean you know home run I have to echo that. No complaints. And when we came back for part two, I, I saw episode nine and said, oh, this is the best yet. Then I saw 10. Oh, this is the best yet. Then I saw 11. And I'm just like, how could it possibly get any better than this? I, I just I am so thrilled with the show. I think that they've more than done it justice and and, you know, taken the fans feelings into consideration i mean everything has just been top notch and i i don't know if i should say this now but i'm just going to say that i think that sam hewen and, and everybody i mean don't get me wrong please i blabble on about tobias menzies or you know katrina lottie everybody but sam hewen to me is just has blown me away i never expected it started with his casting i mean i i saw him when they first cast him and went, oh, wow, this is, I didn't expect such casting. And now that I'm seeing this man, he is Jamie Fraser. And it's just so wonderful to watch progress in front of your eyes. 
I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. While we have you guys on uh, on with us, I wanted to ask you about a couple of different things. How did you feel in particular about the strapping scene? Because, of course, that caused a lot of controversy just because of the subject matter itself. Um, but we wanted to get your reactions on it. And then how it was portrayed as well. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was portrayed in, in a light kind of style. Uh, what did you think and what was your, what was your reaction at the premiere? Um... I th- I I thought it was a pretty good um, transfer from book to TV. Um, I never I never really had a problem with it in the book. I mean, I know a lot of people. For a lot of people, that scene doesn't sit well with them. It, it really prevents them, I guess, from reading the rest of the series or whatever. That's the big stumbling block a lot of people have. I never really had that, Carol. I don't think you did either. Oh my God! I have said many times I I can't even understand the backlash. It's historical fiction. This happened. Anybody who wants to whitewash history, I can't. I can't even. I can't even wrap my brain around wanting to do that. I think they did it tastefully. I think they did it. Um, like Tracy said, you know, the uh, the music was what struck me. They they tried to keep it as lighthearted as possible, as Tracy would say. Um, Tracy, what was your comment long ago? Not about Outlander, about with the the like Tylenol with the easy open cap or something <laughs> like that. Like they tried to make it as easy to swallow as possible. I thought it was done so well. And and if they had skipped over that, I would have had a huge problem. Yeah, they had to do it. I mean, there's no way that they could get away with not with not doing it. I thought it was sort of interesting that the repercussions for Jamie were different in the TV show and the book. And I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about like why they were different, but <laughs> I liked the differences. Let's put it that way. Um, I, I like how, I like how the experience changed Jamie or in the TV show um, kind of made him realize things about himself, about Claire, about their relationship that, you know, maybe he he would have he wouldn't have come to those understandings otherwise. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought that the take on it, TV show wise, was interesting, and I and I kind of like it. <laughs> if that makes sense. What What do you think is the the major differences between TV Jamie and, and book Jamie? Uh, the things that you think are best highlighted, or maybe things that really they should change. I, I sort of alluded to one earlier, I think, that, like, I, I don't I don't want to see TV Jamie as, like, um, a, as as too perfect. Do you, do you know what I was, th- I was thinking about earlier today? Have you ever seen that? There's a, there's a book um, that's called, like, Porn for Women or something, <laughs> and it's just photos of, like, really hot dudes that are, like, here, you can have the remote. Or <laughs> let me or, go paint or, the house. I'm going to make you dinner tonight. It's, it's yeah. a really funny book, but it's basically all about like this is you know women's dream like that. And I kind of like I don't want I don't want to see Jamie in like one of those pictures with like here Claire I'll do all this stuff for you now. You know I I want him to have a little a little a little bit of a fault. You know mm-hmm. that's 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 where I want I I don't see them going in that direction but i see like maybe you know let's let's just not go there yeah because i gotta say i feel like they started getting down that road for a little bit 
But then they righted the ship, especially with his interactions with Leary and then mm-hmm. the strapping. And then, and then that great revelation uh, of truth when he realizes that Claire is indeed from the future. And he gave her a good beating because she was just trying to get back to her husband. Uh, you know, and he oh was God. embarrassed by it almost. Oh, my God. That He's scene. devastated. I mean, that's that. I cried there. I cried. And I, I beat you for it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I will say this, that like. I think I even tweeted Sam just like thank you because that I, I that line was spot spot on it was perfection like pulled right out of my brain yep. from reading the books. Yep. Mm-hmm. And his eyes were so expressive. His face, I mean, the I couldn't get over. He didn't even have to say anything in that scene and it was just the pain. Oh my god, he's yes. so good. <laughs> <sighs> Do you think they, obviously, I know you said they, it was really good, but do you think they did that entire sequence justice to the book? Uh, do you think um, they captured the essence of Jamie and Claire's relationship within those sequences when, he, when she tells him the truth and when she, in fact, tries to go back to Frank but comes back to, to Jamie? Do you think they captured that well? You know, I, I thought they did... But I really had questions for the non-readers. I really – let me just interview the interviewer. <laughs> I, I just really wanted to know um, if as a, as a you know, non-reader, did you buy that? Did you buy that Jamie could believe her mm-hmm. without seeing any kind of proof that she had – was really telling the truth? Oh, yeah, 100%. And okay. only because I have that relationship with the woman that's sitting right across the way from me. And, and I'm not oh. trying to sound perfect. I, I'm that's far not. from perfect. Trust me. Uh, and, and, and Mary can, can highlight the, the many ways that I am not. Um, but, yeah, I, I really believed Jamie because when you love somebody, you, you have to be able to trust them. And no matter you know how stupid or outlandish, you know, no pun in, intended, but – no matter how crazy it might be, you, you got to have a level with them. And if you don't, I said this in the last podcast, what does that say about you and, and your marriage? What does that say about the relationship that you have with your spouse? Can, can you guys go forward and, and completely trust each other? And I like the fact that it, you're right. It was almost a little naive, um, but I could relate to it because I'm naive in, in a lot of ways. And, uh, and, and Jamie... Yes, he is perfect, uh, and it really pisses me off. <laughs> it really because you know why? All right, I'll tell you exactly why. Claire is Claire, and Claire is great, and she's a strong woman. I, I actually find myself a lot of the times not liking her because I feel like she uses Jamie in a lot of ways. Um, but she's married to Frank, and Frank loves her at least the way that it's been portrayed in the show so far. Frank loves her. He cares about her. He's obviously spending all this time investigating where she's going, and he's really ripped up by the fact that she's gone. And then she goes and she meets Jamie, and Jamie's this Scotsman who's got this great accent, and he, he's ripped beyond it. It looks like he's on six rolls of steroids, and <laughs> um, and he's tough, and he's tumble, and he's smart, and he's he's religious, and he knows greek and all these things are 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 jamie but what happened to the guy that was married to her before like the kind of dumpy goofy smart nerdy frank 
And that's who I relate to as well. And that's why I gravitated towards Frank because I'm a dumpy, nerdy, <laughs> married guy. And uh, it, it, I almost felt bad for Frank. I, I, it was like a, it was an indictment on all married men. You know, it, Jamie is the, is the threat to marry your men. worst nightmare Ooh, yeah really <laughs> that's an interesting point right there thank you thank you again that's why they pay me the big bucks um but yeah and mary i don't know how you feel about it I, I i just i always felt like he was a threat to married men and that's why i i couldn't oh you've been nervous this whole time like blake's that's all he's been saying he's like i feel so bad for frank i just feel so bad for him like this is every <laughs> dude's nightmare is that some hot guy with an accent's gonna sweep their wife <laughs> off their feet <laughs> and steal them away and like now she's time traveling. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I've definitely heard your heard your pleas, Blake. But it's been interesting because as a book reader myself, um, I was trying to explain to Blake that the one of the things that was hard for me in this past episode, which has been my favorite episode so far, is the moment of the stones um, and how that was just very glossed over. And so I asked Blake, I said, what do you think happened? Because it was just, here's a shot of the stones and then on your feet, soldier. So that was, um, you know, because there's a very big choice that happens there. And I wanted to know what a non-book reader kind of saw that choice as and what that process was like and what physically might have happened because it was just left open. So um, Blake has his own theories about what happened during that time. (laughs) You know, that's such a great point because we're inside Claire's mind in the book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. When we had a chance. voiceover might have helped. Actually, yeah. yeah, one of the few times that I would have been okay with that. <laughs> I was just gonna say that about Tracy. She usually doesn't like them. Wow, because because to me, I saw it and I said, I wonder if a non-book reader is just gonna look at it and say, did it not work? Like, was it broken today? I, I don't, I don't know what just happened. Yeah, <laughs> it was out of order. And I have to say, as a book reader, that's it's it's really interesting, Mary, that you would that you would describe it that way, sort of sitting watching it next to someone who's not a book reader, because it really. It didn't enter my mind at all because I knew what Claire was, what was going through her mind. Mm -hmm. So it didn't like, it didn't bother me that, you know, we didn't hear like, should I choose Frank or should I choose Jamie? Like, cause, because I kind of knew already. And that's, that's a really good point. Like kind of taking that knowledge for granted and how hard it must have been. Um, I was very curious for non-book readers in terms of, um, were you, did all, did the reveals from episode 11 surprise you? So, you know, were did you suspect about Galus and, um, did you, did you realize that Claire was going to tell Jamie the truth? Um, or were you like, whoa. <laughs> well, I will tell you this. One of the, one of the favorite parts of our show is we have the outlandish theory of the week. <laughs> and I have to tell you. I called all of the reveals in episode 11. Wow. I called Galus. I called Jamie coming to rescue her. I called Leary setting them up for Father Bane and wow. getting them getting them in trouble in this trial. I called them all. It's because I'm smart, man. Yeah, My boy's wicked good. smart. It's really <laughs> difficult when we get to the that part of the episode because I have to look away. Some of them have been crazy. And whereas others, you know, Blake said, okay, here's my theory. I think Galus is a time traveler too. And I have to carefully <laughs> look at the wall and say, oh, that's very interesting, Blake. <laughs> boy, poker face, man. Yes. She's oh, very every good. Week, every week I have to uh, cover my face because this poor, you know, Blake just comes up with something half the time. It's completely crazy. Yeah. 
And the other half of the time, it's so crazy that it's right. I know. <laughs> that was, is so funny. Oh yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's 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 probably my favorite portion of the show, just because I get to I get to you know just say whatever I feel now, like. When saying. did you think that Claire was going to tell Jamie? Well, I kind of started. I just kind of I parsed it out logically um, because I knew Claire was not going to die. Uh, she was not going to burn. It wasn't going to happen because if it did, there would be no story. So you know she's getting out. And how is she getting out? Well, who can save her? Well, this isn't Game of Thrones, exactly. Yeah, so I know because if it was Game of Thrones, she'd already be dead like yeah, two episodes ago. Yeah, they'd all be ago. dead. Yeah, they'd all be dead. <laughs> I still rue the day I, I, I read about the Red Wedding. Um, oh, no. You, you had a spoiler for that? Oh no no no! I, I like I read it in the read books. The books. Sorry. Yeah. Oh oh, you read the books for that one? Okay. Oh, oh yeah, you know, Game of Thrones. I, I, I've said this in an earlier podcast. Game of Thrones people are awesome. They like if they've read the books, they will not ruin anything for oh, you for show. Like they they want you to expect because I was a book reader for Game of Thrones and Mary wasn't. So I uh, I've been waiting for the Red Wedding and, and <laughs> I won't say in case anybody oh, hasn't boy. hasn't watched it. Right. But I remember reading it and I and I was I was in my bed. And I took the book, I looked at it, and I, I, I went back a few pages like, no, 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 that, did, that just didn't happen. <laughs> and I threw the book across the room. I said, I'm not reading this book for like another two weeks because I just I – I, I couldn't. I, oh. I, it, it blew me away. Um, yeah, anyway. Sorry. So, yeah, Game of Thrones people rock. They, and they, they, know, they know that they, they want the show uh, to do it. What was I talking about? How we just talked about how, how you knew Claire wasn't going to die. Oh, yeah. So I knew Claire wasn't going to die. Who can save her? Well, and I, my, my idea was that it was either going to be Colm or it was going to be Jamie. Those are the only two people that could really save her. Uh, and she was going to have to answer for what happened. She's going to have to answer for all the herbs and the dealings with Galus and everything. There's going to be a natural uh, distrust there. And they're going to have to figure it out eventually, whether it's either with Colm or Jamie. So I knew she was going to have to confess, but I didn't think it was going to happen this soon. I thought it was going to happen like the last words of the final episode of season one were going to be, I'm from the future, and then poof, cut, cut to black. Uh-huh. Uh, that's how I thought it was going to be. But I'm glad it played out this way because now they're putting Jamie and Claire in this position of now they're all alone. They're going to Lally Brock, and they're both going there with the knowledge that she is from the future. Mm-hmm. Do they try to change history? Are they capable of changing history? Has Claire always gone back to in, in time or is this something that has just changed it's, it's how my nerd my nerd brain works you know uh so that that was the uh that was the way the outlandish theories have come about oh let me tell you i used to blog my theories some were right and some were not and i need to go back and read some of the more ridiculous ones now so don't feel bad at all <laughs> and that's it's a great thing about the books too because i mean you know, even after reading eight, it's been, yeah, it's been eight books. You still have theories and you still have theories from the first book that, you know, um, maybe haven't been answered or haven't been resolved yet. Um, you know, I mean, if this TV series lasts even half as long as this book series, it's, it's going to be amazing. It's just mm-hmm. going to be amazing. The number of questions and answers and more questions that will come up. Yeah. Do you see them going forward with these books uh, do you feel like they're going to condense the books to try to wrap them in, in, in shorter seasons? Or do you think that they're just going to have the two first seasons and that's it? I think they'll condense some of the future books. Yes. 
I agree. <laughs> I, There's I, room I, to condense. Bless yes, Diana's so. heart, but there is room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm with you. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Although I also, in the same breath, wonder if um, at least one book um, might be split into two parts, two seasons. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I won't say which. We'll talk about that later, Tracy. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Has Ron Moore earned your trust as showrunner? Oh, Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. Okay. In fact, like once Outlander is done and um, I need a new show to binge, yes. it's going to be Battlestar Galactica. Mm. That is like number one on my list right now. That, um, you know, and then maybe every other thing he's done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say as a BSG watcher, it was very uh, textured. Uh, it was very layered. Uh, and it was it was it was a great show. And the funny thing is, a lot of people were disappointed by the end. I actually happened to really love it myself. Um, but it it was such an involved world, almost like Lost. It was such an involved world that uh, no matter what he did, he wasn't going to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, but because of the way he wrote it, it you can see his style in the show, uh, in in Outlander, and um, the layers are starting to come just the way they happen in BSG. So you will not be disappointed, I promise. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, right. Well, Carol and Tracy, thank you so incredibly much for taking the time to talk with us. As we said, the whole Outlander fandom has just really exploded over this past year in particular now that there is the show and you guys are such a resource and have so much enthusiasm for the Outlander series that it's really just been such a treat to kind of join this journey together with you and it's been really fun for us to get to know you better and to share this with our listeners. I hope that our listeners now are really motivated to go and see you. God bless you that you actually do videos. I don't because I don't wear a bra that frequently when I'm at home. <laughs> and I doubt any of our listeners would want to see that picture of me. Um, so it, it's just so nice because really the Outlander fandom, we're just a big happy family who can't get enough of these stories and these people. And it's just been a real pleasure to chat with you. Oh, thank you so oh. much, you guys. This was great. Awesome. So uh, tell Absolutely. me, where can where can our listeners find you, your website and Facebook and all that other stuff? Um, well, it's myoutlanderpurgatory.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Twitter is twitter.com slash myoutlanderperg, P-U-R-G. And then how about YouTube? How would they find your videos? Um, if you if you search My Under Purgatory in YouTube, um, I have to change the, the URL of YouTube. I think you can actually have, the, have whatever you want now as a URL, and that hasn't been the case for a while. So um, just search My Under Purgatory, and they'll come up. We have a channel. That's the channel is my auto-regulatory. So. And your chats. You said that you have your chats every Monday night. Where exactly do those chats take place? And what time? Um, 9 o'clock Eastern... Um, on Monday nights and you can get there straight through myoutlanderpurgatory.com. Just click on the chat tab and um, that will take you directly to the chat. And um, we also have a Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash myoutlanderpurgatory. Um, Tracy, anything else? We also have Pocket have, Jamie. Oh, we have Pocket Jamie. <laughs> yes, and that's, talk to I us about Pocket Jamie. for another day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's got a Facebook page as well. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy we could have those ladies on. They're awesome. They rule. They rule. And I love getting their perspective. And how great was it <laughs> talking about Game of Thrones and nerding out about Rome uh, and, and, and getting them 
to really not spoil me on the rest of the show. I mean, they were very kind. I'm glad I, I, that someone else can share my pain of having to talk to you about Outlander without having to spoil you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were really nice people, and I, I'm so glad we got a chance to have them on. Maybe we can make this a yearly thing, Ooh. you know, where we get some perspective. Maybe, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see if they had a good enough time. If you guys like it enough, we, we had, hey, I got to tell you, we had fun doing and it. And definitely go check out MyOutlanderPurgatory.com and even just search them in YouTube. Their vlogs are awesome. Yeah, if, it, you know, if, if you enjoy sitting down, having a glass of wine or whiskey and you want to reflect even some more, they are definitely the ladies to listen to. And knowing that they were featured in one of the books... Like, how how big time is that, right? Pretty big time. That's pretty big time. <laughs> you know what you should also do? Go check out, like we've already talked about, their, their online chats that they have at, on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Great stuff. Really think you should do that. Yeah. Tell them we sent you. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, hey, Mary and Blake sent us. We're here. We're here. We're here what to, do we do now? We're here to learn and chat. <laughs> We're here. We're, we're, I'm a young Padawan. <laughs> Teach me the ways of the Outlander Force. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, kid, what do you say we uh, close out this fine and dandy show? Sounds great. All right. Let's do it. you've noticed but i pretend now that my nine month pregnant belly is a bagpipe and i like squeeze it <laughs> pretending i'm playing along i didn't notice that yep that's but my new dance you. move that is my new pregnant dance move thank you for that gift i wish that will, i was that a bagpiper continue to give for the rest <laughs> of the time this podcast we can tell our exists. baby in future years mom pretended you were a bagpipe there was a real a big, oh this poor child a real classy broad anyway so ladies and gents as we always tell you, we just love chatting with you, and I am officially on bed rest, so I have no life outside of Outlander. Just because the, the Twitter thumbs are going like fire. Not even joking. Getting I need cramps. social media friends, so please <laughs> chat with me about Outlander on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. I want to talk to you. Our handle is Outlander Cast, and for those of you who have been listeners of the show. Take the time, please, to head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. It makes me so excited. And there was this one person named S. Taylor 3561 who said, love this podcast. If you are a fan of anything Outlander, Scotland, the Diana Gabaldon books, history, romance, military history, literature, then this is perfect. Wow. No spoilers is extraordinarily painful for me <laughs> as a bookie, but I get it. It's fun to be part of a group that comes from such diverse locales and life situations in their quest to get under the skin of Outlander. I know. Thank you, Marion Blake. Great voices, great chemistry, and just plain fun to tune in. Well, I like the great voices part. And the S. Taylor said that we're the Rhode Island Jamie and Claire. Oh! I know. Isn't that so sweet? That is high praise. That really is. I'm more like Frank, I have. To, I must say. I'm, no, I'm nothing like Jamie. Oh, oh I've eaten, I disagree. I've, eat, I've eaten a cupcake within the past two weeks. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, what about if people want to check out our website? They can go to outlandercast.com. 
Merriam-Blake.com and check out the Merriam-Blake store while you're there. And also the listener forums where you can chat with us and go to each of the individual episodes, chat with Mary, myself, or other Outlander listeners, Outlandercast listeners, anybody that you want to speak to, they are there and you can have a great discussion while you're at it too. And if you want to discuss things more with us, shoot us an email at Outlandercast. Oh, no, no, no. That's what I say. No, no, no. That's part of my great voice. Sorry. I was being very clear. Very strong-willed. Oh, my God. <sighs> What's the email, Blake? It's, <laughs> it's Outlandercast at gmail.com. And don't forget, we love to get your voices on air, especially reactions to the episodes. Our hotline is 503-454-6730. And if for whatever reason you feel like you want to help to sh- keep the show going, go to outlandercast.com, click on the support us tab, and you can see our Patreon account there. We would gladly take a dollar, two dollars, a billion dollars, whatever it takes. We It takes some... It, it costs some money to keep this show written, produced, and performed. And whatever you could give, we would gladly upset, accept. I'm having the most difficult time saying that. It's I don't know music. why. It's throwing you off. I, I, Maybe like, I'll pretend to play the harp, too. I, I literally got frustrated as I was saying it. So I apologize for sounding really unprofessional. <laughs> well, you did say that you were a newbie. So <laughs> I guess you just proved everyone right. Well, thank you once again, everyone, for tuning into this very special episode of Outlander Cast. I'm Mary. My name's Blake, and I keep screwing stuff up. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.